0: Hi, everyone. We're here today with Mr. Toolan, and we'll be talking about the new school bees which have been brought into Blackrock College. So, Mr. Toolan, first question When did the hive come into the school? So, let's go back to uh, this time last year. So, Mr. McGuinty came to see me, and he said we had this prospect of getting bees into school. Now, I had been joking with him for years when the new junior sir came in, and you know that these extra courses you could do. I had joked with him at that stage saying, well, why don't we do a beekeeping course and it could be one of the extra courses as a joke because I thought it would get me out of class. But the truth is, he kept it in his head. He kept that in his head and the opportunity came. The opportunity came because of a past pupil, Mr. Niall Ringrose, who left in 1979. And he has been keeping bees for years. And he got in touch with Mr. McGuinty and he says, well, I have a couple of hives over and um, I'd love to work on a project with the school. And that's how it started. So, uh, chatting to Mr. Ringrose, um, he said that the time it begins is springtime. So February of 21. So February of this year, um, he started to bring the hives down, and it was freezing. And I thought, this isn't gonna work. Now he had walked around the school with myself, Mr. McGuinty, and he'd chosen the spot. And I don't know if you, if you know the spot, it's up on the the avenue going to the to the back of the school back towards um, as if you're going to strainies and just on the corner there as you walk back towards um, the clinic car park that would you can see behind you and that's where the bees are and he said this is a perfect spot it gets the eastern uh uh, it gets the sun coming up in the east and then the south and the west and it's sheltered from the from the northerly wind perfect spot for bees and uh, so we chose that and we placed two, two hives there and that was March of this year. Now, we lost one of the hives. Uh, when we checked, uh, we saw that one of the hives wasn't active, not really. One hive was very active and one wasn't really active. And so uh, Nile was. he checked it and we could not find a queen in, in the second hive. Now this happens, queens either die or they fly away and the bees that they had working with them, they stay there wondering where the queen is and then eventually they die off. So we lost that hive, but uh, Nile very, very uh, kindly replaced it and so we got two working hives. So that was March of this year. Cool, um, how many bees are in the hives? So we start off in the springtime with around five to 10,000 bees in a hive. So what's happened at this time of the year, the queen is laying eggs as fast as she can. And every one of the uh, eggs that hatch are going to be female and they're going to be worker bees. And they will stay in the hive with the queen. There will be some bees flying around, but most of them will just stay in the hive and they will stay with her for the whole winter. And uh, come March, April, when the sun gets high enough, that's pretty much the green light and when the when the frosts are gone and the sun is high enough the bees will start to forage they'll start to go out and they'll start looking for predominantly tree blossom and things like that um, and their numbers at that point are around five thousand. and then the queen will continue to lay eggs and then come june she will mate again with drones And she'll continue to lay, and by the end of the summer, at the height of the summer, somewhere around July and August, you could have 40,000 bees in a hive. That's a lot. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Tulin. So question three, uh, what do you do with the honey that's produced? So the girls are working away all the time. What happens is they, they head out, they forage. And what we do when we're opening the hives, and we try to open the hives only every now and again. We try not to disturb the hives. And that's the thing, people think beekeeping, you're always working with these bees, etc. like that. Actually, the key is to not go near them. Just leave them alone, and only open the hives when you have to. So what you're looking for when you open the hives is to see if they're making honey. And everywhere where the queen lives, at the bottom of the hive, any honey that's made in there, that's hers. And she gets to keep that. So, what we will do then, when we think that her uh, main hive is full of eggs and honey, then what we do is we put a grid on the top that allows the workers to travel upwards, but the queen is too big to go through it. And then we put smaller uh, cases on top. And these are known as supers. And they have small uh, shelves on them for the, the honey to be made. And the workers will continue to make honey. will continue to put the honey up there all the way through um, the spring and the summer Uh, and the Queen will just make sure maintain the hive below but they'll continue to make it and as they grow you could get anything up to three four five supers on the top and all of that is pure honey there's no there are no eggs in that area because the Queen's down below it's only honey and the first time we took honey was um, early in the summer in June and that honey was particularly light because the bees had been uh, feeding on uh, grass blossom clover um, tree blossom especially chestnuts there are lots of horse chestnut trees up there i don't know if you've ever noticed in the springtime the flower of the horse chestnut is absolutely beautiful flower and it has a very very light fragrance and the bees love it they absolutely love it And that's what that honey was made of. It was very, very light, and it was very, very uh, subtle in taste. Uh, We took honey there, but we only took around 50 jars at that time, we left the rest of the bees. Then over the summer, they really got to work. And last August, we took um, the second harvest. That was much darker honey. It's much stronger in taste. So there's a real variety in there. If you look along Cross Avenue, There's loads and loads of mature trees, and and especially here in the school, lots of mature trees. Um, What the the bees really like uh, is the the blossom and the sap in trees. Um, And they really go for it because it's really, really sugary. And that's what most of our honey is made from. And whatever the bees have been feeding on, that's what your honey is going to be predominantly carrying. So what we have here in the school are lots of wonderful flowers. That are kept by, uh, Phil and the rest of the ground staff, um, and lots of mature trees, that are basically will keep a, a bee going because, uh, originally they're forest dwellers, so tree honey is what you would normally get, um, and then all of the houses along Cross Avenue have gardens that have really beautifully maintained gardens with lots of flowering plants. And they will have, have uh, forage there as well. So you get a mixture of what we call floral honey and tree honey. And the, the, the end result is a beautiful runny honey. It's some of the finest I've ever tasted. Um, at this stage, I've completely forgotten the question. <laughs> what, what what were we talking about? Uh, what do you do with the honey? Oh, yeah. What do we do with it? Right. Okay. So we have to... Um, when the, the supers are full, we have to, to go in and disturb the girls and uh, we, we would use uh, smoke to, to keep them quiet. So I never really knew what the smoke was for. I thought it, it confused them. What it does is if you uh, put smoke in on top of the bees and you use um, natural products, so you would never use the smoke of something that was carcinogenic or toxic or anything like that because it would really, really hurt the bees. So we would use the smoke of natural straw, um, leaves off trees, they really like eucalyptus leaves because it's, it's, it's got a really nice fragrance as well. Um, or something like uh, hemp or anything that's made from grass. So that is really sort of, it's, it's like clean smoke. So you put that in on, on, on the bees. And the message that goes through from the bees is that we've got a fire. And the thing we should do is to get in around the queen and stay really, really hunkered in and, and wait this fire out. So all the bees go away from the, from the honey and then we take the, the supers away, um, bring them down. We brought them down. We did this down in the uh, second year wreck. We took them down and we have what is called an extracting vat. It's a big circular bucket with um, an apparatus on the inside that you can slot the little shells from the supers into. And then you turn a handle and using centrifugal force, the, uh, the, the honey goes out to the side and then goes down to the bottom and we leave it uh, we, we take it out of all of the supers and if you look down underneath the stairs of the main stairs here coming up to, to, to transition here you will see the supers stacked all one on top of the other that's why there's that really nice fragrance of honey just down there at the bottom inside the front door because we didn't actually move the supers from there they're just sitting there um, and the smoker is there as well um, once it's sitting in the vat you leave it to, to rest for a week So that any impurities, any bits of B, bits of wax, anything like that will float to the top. And you clear that off the top and decant away into your jars. Uh, So late, it must have been early September because the boarders were back. And um, a number of the boarders, uh, Mr McDermott from the boarding school, uh, got us uh, a number of the transition your boarders, colleagues of yours. And they came and helped us. Um, to extra uh, to jar the honey and get it ready and put the labels on and it's all sitting there ready now yeah thank you um, are the school bees hostile and if so what time of year would they be most hostile so a bee will go nowhere near you unless you bother it so you would have to go up and actually bother the hive in order for the bees to have any interest in you so uh, bees obviously they're hot wired to something that's sweet so if you're covered in sugar, or if you've got a lot of sugary th- things with you, the bees will be attracted to that. and So they'll take an interest. But generally, bees have no interest in you. Um, but if you disturb them, you have certain bees and they are worker bees and their job is to protect the hive. And what they'll, you'll do when you go up to the hive, you will see a line of bees along the entrance of the, of, of the hive. And you wonder what these bees are doing. They're actually guard bees and if they see or come across trouble coming to the hive you will see them do a small little dance where their body vibrates and they, they're giving a message to the other bees that there is a problem and we should go and investigate. Um, and depending on how the hive is and this all depends on weather conditions, on the warmth in the hive, how much food they've eaten. If there isn't much food around, they get very aggressive. If they've eaten loads of honey, they get very relaxed. Um, And uh, they will protect the hive if you disturb it. So this is where the smoke comes in. And I remember at one stage, my wife gave me a beekeeping book and it it was based on this sort of idea, what is called the, the biodynamics of beekeeping. And it went absolutely mad. And it started talking about where the planets were. And if the planets are in a certain line, then the bees will be really calm. So I tried this out one Saturday and um, it said that the, the, uh, because certain planets were in line, the bees would be very, very calm and be wonderful. Well, they nearly killed me. The, it was a disaster. Um, it was a cold, wet day and um, I was inspecting the hive to see that the queen was OK. I didn't even get the first lid off and the bees were raging. And uh I got plenty of stings yeah. uh as a result of that, so really, it depends on the weather if the weather is cold and wet, the bees do not want to be disturbed uh if it is a lovely warm and remember back in April, May, and early June we had beautiful warm days. The bees they really didn't mind being bothered those days, and it was very, very relaxed. It was only in August, remember when we had that rain yeah yeah that they got bad tempered then. Um, but if you don 't bother the bees, they will not bother you um and you 'll see it in in the springtime along the hedge by the front lawn there when when those uh when the, that hedge is in flower it 'll be full of bees absolutely full. You could put your finger in on that and be will crawl on you and not be interested in you they They would have no interest in you because you 're not a food source and you 're not bothering them yeah mm hmm Okay, um, how long does a bee live and what type lives the longest? Okay, so let's start with the uh, queen. There is only one queen in a hive. She will live up to five years and during that time she will lay hundreds of thousands of eggs. That, she, that is her purpose in the hive. She, all of the bees that are are born within a hive are as a result of the queen. So she will lay queen eggs sometime around May and June. And a queen egg looks different from the other eggs because it's much, much larger and it it kind of hangs down on on the honeycomb. So it is easy enough to see. So what we do is we check to see if the queen eggs are populated with a new grub. If they are, we have to take uh, the the existing queen out of the hive and put her in a hive right beside the point where they were. Then all of the workers that are flying will come back to her. And all of the new new workers that don't fly yet, and I'll explain that in a moment, um, they'll stay in the original hive. And we take that original hive away, more than five kilometres away, because bees have a GPS system, same as everybody else. So you need to take them a long distance away. Do, those queens will, ha, will, will hatch. And then it becomes the Hunger Games. Whoever survives gets to be the queen. The first queen that hatches will go in search of all the other new queens. And she'll kill them all. Or be challenged by another queen. And whoever gets to be the strongest, they survive. And they'll start a new colony then. The the old queen, she'll stay in our hive, and we did this last June. She'll stay in our hive, and she'll continue to make more uh, bees. So, that's the queen. That's her purpose. The male uh, bees are called drones. And in a hive of, say, 20,000 bees, there might only be 200 drones. They're about twice the size of a, a normal bee that you would see out foraging. They're incredibly lazy. They're they do nothing for the hive. They don't protect the hive. They don't sting anything that comes into the hive. They don't make honey. They don't forage. They do nothing. Their sole purpose in life is to impregnate the queen. And when she's done, when they have done that, they'll either die off immediately or the queen will order order a death sentence on all of them and they will be killed. Or they'll just die off. They last for maybe about eight weeks during the summer. You'll see the drones moving around the, the, the hive, and they're waiting. And they're waiting for new queens uh, to go and fly. Uh, bees mate on the wing. So if a, if a bee is going to mate, she must leave the hive, and she has to be out in the air. And the drones will follow her, and they, can, they, they have a thing called pheromones. And they can, they can sense where a queen is. And she will mate with maybe 60, 70 different drones. And it means that genetically they will be very strong as a result of that. Um, And preferably a queen will mate with the drones from a different hive. And the drones move around, then they'll go back to their hive, if they've survived all of this, if they haven't successfully mated. If they do mate, that's the end of their life. Um, And if they don't, then they'll come back to the hive and eventually they'll die off or be killed. And then the last one, which is the one that you see out on foraging, is the worker bees. Worker bees are all female. Um, they will serve the queen absolutely for their entire life. And they live for around 40 days. That's it. She continues to lay eggs and new workers come along. The cycle of a worker bee, when, it stops, when it's finished being a grub and it hatches, it stays within the hive for about two weeks, being fed by the other bees. Then it moves to the front of the hive and becomes a guard bee. And it will do that for another about two weeks. And then for the final four weeks roughly of its life, it will forage. It will forage and continue to forage and bring um, nectar back to the the hive until it dies. And it will simply just die of exhaustion. So you'll see under a hive, loads and loads of bee carcasses and you think, this is a terrible thing, the hive is dying. But it's not. It's just simply the natural cycle. And those carcasses that fall down, they feed all the beetles, all the slugs, all the snails, all the worms, all the small birds. They, they feed everything around them. So if there's a beehive in your area, it means everything else that lives in that area is gonna thrive as well. Okay. Thank you. Um, how far will the bee travel from its hive roughly? A bee will range up to five kilometres. Yeah. In a place like uh, Rock, where we are right now, because the food sources are so abundant, the bees that we have wouldn't range further than maybe a kilometre. would be the maximum that they would go, because they don't need to. They go to the nearest food source and the best food source. The trees that we have here in the school and all along Cross Avenue are absolutely wonderful. And then if you look around the school all of the various different uh, planting that has taken place, and in this area where there are so many mature trees, bees don't have to go very far. I wanted to put beehives up uh, where I live in Rush, but I live right beside the sea, and it was pointed out to me by Beekeeping Ireland that I, I would never have successful hives because the bees forage in a circle, and half of everything that they would be for going over would be water. Yeah. And water, obviously they can't forage that. So they would, never, they would always be hungry. But in a place like this, where, there is so, where the, um, the, the, the planting is so wonderful, this is perfect bee habitat. So they don't need to go more than a, a kilometre. They can go up to five. Uh, why are bees so important to our environment? Okay, so I've mentioned a little bit about it already. If you have a beehive in your area, then all of the other small animals are going to be very healthy as well. Because they, they basically feed so many of them. Um, then we get to the point, wh- so what do the bees do for the rest of us? They are pollinators. Now, bees aren't the only pollinators out there. Bumblebees are pollinators. Um, hoverflies are pollinators. And believe it or not, wasps are pollinators. Wasps are much maligned. They get a really, really bad press. Because they get a bit aggressive for about two weeks in the year for the rest of the time, they're your best friend. They're doing the same as bees. The difference between bees and those other um, uh, insects is that bees make honey. And they keep do that for, as a store. All the other insects, like wasps, bumblebees, hoverflies, they will just eat everything that they get. So they bring the food in, they will generate it into a sort of a sugary paste and they'll eat it straight away. So they don't make honey. But the bees, it's the, it's the only species I know that does this, Um, There probably is, and probably some expert out there is going to be saying, oh, well, actually, I know other things that do this. But as far as I know, bees are the only ones that do this. And uh, they create honey, and the the honey is there for their stores. And the more honeycomb there is, the more honey they will make. And um, it has been feeding the population of this planet for millions of years. And the flowers now genetically have... Generated themselves so that they are bee friendly. So the color that you see in a flower isn't necessarily what a bee sees The bee can see an ultraviolet and what you will see as a very nice Looking flower to a bee will it will look like a runway It will look like the lights of a runway and it is directing the bee into the place where the flower wants them to go The bee goes in and it takes the nectar. That's the gift from the flower but while they're doing that, they pick up the pollen from the flower and they go to the next one. And that's how the pollination takes place. Um, and a bee, it's, it's, it's a perfect relationship. Both both benefit from this. Um, so apparently, bees really like blue and purple flowers. I've only learned that this year. Um, they, they seem to prefer those. Um, and you will see there's loads of them around this uh, uh, part of the the world and they flower at different times of the year. So bluebells will flower flower in in springtime, but geraniums will flower in the summertime. Lavender flowers later in the summer and ivy will flower late in the summer, and it's all because of bees. Because if they flower at different times and the bees get to them, they will um they will uh, have a much better chance of survival. And then Gorse, I grew up knowing it as winds, gorse will flower all the way through the year. Even in the middle of winter, it will flower. And the reason why is on a certain on, on warm days, in the winter, like today, it's mid-October right now, and right now it's about seventeen or eighteen degrees outside. That's enough for a bee to go flying. And the gorse put their, their flowers out all through the year because they know if the bees get a certain warmth in the day, they will forage and the course um, does brilliantly as a result. And it's a really successful plant. Thank you. Uh, lastly, what are the future plans for the Rock Bees? So we're going to keep going. Um, and what we're hoping to do is to get as many um, students involved. So far, uh, now Ringrose, obviously class of, uh, of 79, he's the driving force behind it. He's the, he's the expert. I do all the talking, but to be honest, he's the expert, he really knows what he's doing. And without him, we couldn't have possibly had beehives. Um, What we're hoping to do over time is to learn more about it ourselves, um, get parents involved, and at the moment, um, a man class of 86, Colin Quinn, uh, helped me out all the way through the summer, and it was absolutely wonderful that he did, and showed a a super interest, and hopefully more parents would, uh, would, would like to get involved. And ultimately, we'd like the students to become involved as well. Predominantly from from transition year to to start working with the bees as well. But difficult enough to do because most of the time you're not disturbing the bees. It's not something you can do every single day. You try and disturb them as little as possible because right now they're basically relaxing. We've we've taken the honey that we want. We've uh, treated them for a thing called the Varroa mite, which is a, a small little insect about the size of a tick. And that can get in and really damage a beehive, um, but if much the same way as you would deal with other uh, insect pests. You you put a um, a sticky strip in, into into the hive, and basically the ticks can't go past that. Um, and then um, we feed them, and I think that was something you want to talk about for the winter, isn't it? Yeah. Um. What What would they eat in the winter? We make a a sugar syrup for them. Now you can go to any bee supplier. There's one up in Sandyford. Yeah, there's one in Sandyford. There's one up in RD. And you can buy a sugar syrup or a a sugar block, which looks like a a block of fat. Uh, Place it on top of the the hive with an opening in it. The bees will feed on that. And they will be perfectly happy. We have really mild winters here in Ireland. So, so long as the bees stay warm and they have enough to eat, they will thrive. Okay well thank you for your time Mr. Doolin. thank you uh, it's been a pleasure and uh, hopefully we'll get more and more people uh, interested in looking after the bees all around the place yeah thank, thank you. you thanks for nice. thanks for having me guys no problem